Rainmaker FM. Content marketing is a powerful strategy, but too often it fails at the marketing part. This fall, Copyblogger is launching our first copywriting course just for content writers. To learn more, point your browser to rainmaker.fm slash copywriting. Hey, 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 it is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I am the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital, and I hang out with the folks who do the real work over on the Copyblogger blog. And today I want to talk about getting better as a copywriter, getting better as a person who puts words together in order to persuade. And before I talk about some of the must-dos, some of the things that you can work on that'll really make a big difference in how persuasive your word put-togethering is, I want to talk about when to hire a writer. So I actually wrote a post for Copyblogger about this specific thing. It's called Five Situations That Demand You Hire a Professional Copywriter. And if you go to copyblogger.fm It'll whisk you magically over to the right place to get the show notes for this episode and for all of the episodes. Um, I have a lot of post links for you today because today I'm going to talk about techniques, but we have written about these techniques so extensively on Copyblogger that I've got backup for you on all the techniques so you can dive into them a little bit more deeply when it's a good time for you to do that. So when to hire a pro, you know, even if you are a pro, sometimes you hire a pro. Um, And I wrote that post for a couple of reasons. First, just again, to let you know, you know, when is the right time to bring somebody on? Because I do get that question quite a bit. Um, Should I do this one myself or should I bring somebody on to do it? So it's, it's five situations or scenarios where you're going to get a lot better result if you bring somebody in. But the second sneaky reason that I wrote it is if you happen to be a professional writer, this is something that you can send to your clients or your potential clients and just um, help them understand, you know, why is it that we writers charge money for what we do? You know, why is this a profession? So if that would be beneficial to you because you're a writer, then I'm glad to offer it to you. If you do need a writer, you know, so you read the post and you say, okay, one through four are not applicable, but for five, I need to bring somebody in. Um, How do you find somebody? One of the most common questions that we get at Copyblogger. So not everybody knows that we actually have a certification program where we look in-depth, the editorial team looks in-depth at the work that writers do, professional web writers do, and we say, yes, we would vouch for this person, or you know, no, we would not vouch for this person. So if you are looking for somebody, if you go over to um, Copyblogger, look in the menu for copyblogger.com and look for content marketers, you will find a whole list of the folks who have received that certification. And if you're a writer yourself and you want to know more about how to get involved in that program, there is a link for the waiting list. 
So that's what that's when to bring a writer in and what to do if you need to find one. Now let's talk about getting better yourself at writing. Uh, and all of these techniques are also useful even if you don't actually write for your own site, but you need to know what to look for. These are the kinds of um, skills that you want to make sure that you have in anybody that you bring on. First one is get great at headlines. So copy blogger as a blog has been known for headline advice from the very, very early days. And the reason Brian focused on that so early is that if your headline is weak, then your content doesn't get shared and it doesn't get read or consumed. You know, so this is also just as valid for video and audio content. And if it doesn't get shared and it doesn't get consumed, then it doesn't help you accomplish your goals. Content marketing that no one is reading, no one is listening to, no one is watching does not get you very far. Now, the main thing that has changed since Brian started writing about that on Copyblogger is that at that time, we didn't have things like BuzzFeed and then all of the competitor sites to BuzzFeed. We didn't have nearly as many uh, we didn't have nearly as many websites, frankly. We didn't have nearly as many blogs and news sites and entertainment sites that had this level of sophistication about the importance of headlines. So what that means is headlines are so much more important now than they were even when Brian first started talking about them. You are competing with a lot of people who are really good at headlines, and, you know, that's the playing field that we're on right now. So you have to, um, you have to master this if you want to get your content read. You used to be able to kind of do without it if you had other ways to pull your audience together. These days, that is a very risky proposition unless you're already in front of a massive, massive audience. So we wrote a free ebook for you all about this. It's in the member library. Now, some of you already have access to our member library. You just boogie on over to ebooks and there it is, how to write magnetic headlines. If you haven't joined that yet, it is free. All you need to do is register for it. There is a lot of quality stuff there for you. If you go to Copyblogger and just go to menu and then free, my Copyblogger, um, you can get signed up. It takes like well under a minute and you'll get all kinds of good stuff. Go get it and spend the time between now and the next podcast practicing your headlines, even if you're already good at headlines. So I'm going to give you two tips just to get you started, but really don't shortchange yourself. Just go grab the ebook because you're kind of crazy not to grab it. Brian put all this advice together for you. He's fantastic at headlines um, and he has really good advice but two to get you started. One is make your headlines clear. So overly clever headlines, definitely any kind of headline with a pun in it, and anything that's confusing will just tend to get very low performance. You'll get poor results out of anything that's confusing in any way. Cleverness never worked all that well for headlines, but now when people are so distracted, it's... Um, it will almost never work. I'm not going to say never. Everything works sometimes, but it is not going to give you your best odds. And the other high-level tip is make sure that the person can see a benefit of clicking through and getting the thing. So sometimes the benefit is kind of kind of silly. You know, it's um, which one of the seven dwarfs are you? And the benefit is just, you know, I want a fun way to waste a couple of minutes before I start my next project. 
And sometimes the benefit is more pragmatic. It's more hard-hitting, like 10 Ways to Build Authority as an Online Writer. But either way, the headline has to let people know that the content that's on the other side of the click is going to be worth their time and attention. And, you know, bonus third point that hopefully goes without being said, um, actually make the content worth their time and attention. So don't put an awesome headline on something that's crummy and isn't going to deliver on the promise. You know, it has to be congruent. Could your content marketing campaigns use a little more persuasive firepower? This fall, Copyblogger is launching our very first copywriting course just for content marketers. You'll learn how to make the most of your unique strengths and how to overcome a few challenges the content writers tend to face. If you want to learn how to be more persuasive with your copy, point your browser to rainmaker.fm slash copywriting, and we'll send you the details about our brand new course. Copywriting tip number two is to start strong. So you've got your headline that gets the click, then the opening of your content has to be strong. And again, this has always been copywriting advice. It's always been important. It's extra important now because our attention spans are so fragile and they're so finite in our wonderful age of distraction. Brian Clark, again, put together a classic resource for you. It has five strong, proven ways to, you know, get the party started quickly. And these are techniques you can use them again and again. And actually, once you look at them, you're going to start seeing them in content that captures your attention. They're just good, solid, reliable, tried and true ways to get right into the action. My tip on this, which is not in that post, but it's kind of a it's kind of an extra to that post. We use on the copy blogger blog, we use a more tag. So that means, you know, on the site, you see like an introductory couple of lines and then you click more and you get the full post. Whether or not you use that functionality on your site, put an imaginary more tag in there after the first few lines. Let's say, you know, around that first screen of content before they scroll. Look at it and be honest with yourself. Would you click? Is there something you could do in that first couple of lines that would create a stronger desire to find out more? Is what you've done in the first few lines worthy of somebody taking that little tiny action of clicking to see more to see the whole thing? And again, that's true whether or not you actually use the functionality. Pretend you're using it and make sure that you have a really strong yes for that that question. Tip number three is don't fear the numbers. A lot of good writers shy away from certain kind of proven techniques because they believe that they are overused. And one of those is the numbered list, which is now called by the most horrible noun that has ever been coined, the listicle. So please, can we stop using that word ever? It's writer abuse. Asking somebody to write a listicle is just it's a terrible, terrible thing. But horrible noun notwithstanding, numbered list posts can be some of your strongest work. They get shares, they get reads, and they're easy for people to consume. So they take your smart, wise advice, your solid writing, and they make it really, really easy to consume. They're such a win. 
people think they have to be dumb. You know, the answer to what do I do about dumb numbered list posts is make them smart. There's no law that you can't make these smart. And the smart ones really perform like crazy. So as with each of these five tips today, I do have a post for you. It's in the show notes, copyblogger.fm, and you can find those. One tip that I'll pull out of that post is don't start with an arbitrary number and then find the points or make up the points or pad the post until you have all the numbers filled in. Instead, capture what's important to know about the topic. You know, every post has sort of a question that you're going to answer. Answer the question with the most relevant material and then count. Just say, okay, that's number one, number two, number three. Find your number from what's important rather than starting with an arbitrary number and then padding it to fill it in or cutting off something important because you have to keep it to 10. So what this means is you're going to come out with some weird numbers. You're going to come out with some 17s and some 6s. That's actually great. Um, It's long been observed with professional copywriting that weird numbers a lot of times will work better to capture attention. So 10 is a boring number, but 13 is an interesting number. And 25 is a boring number and 27 or 24 are both interesting numbers. Because they feel less manufactured. They don't feel like rounded up. They don't feel like you've padded it. They don't feel arbitrary. And another quick bit of advice about those numbered list posts, uh, since we are talking about writing that has an intention to persuade, the last number should, in almost every case, be some kind of a call to action that moves the person to whatever your goal is for that post. And we'll talk about calls to action in a minute. But before we do that, we've got writing tip, persuasive writing tip number four, emotion then logic. So again, this is something that salespeople have known forever, that the traditional old school copywriters have known forever, which is that persuasion combines emotion and logic. So you want to start off with the emotional benefits of doing what you're trying to persuade them to do, and then you want to justify that decision with logic. Now, the interesting thing is that that order has actually been very much validated by neuroscience. So it turns out when you're able to really look at the structures of the brain and, and behavior and decision-making, we make decisions with what we think of as quote-unquote emotions. In other words, there's a kind of cognitive process that we think of as being emotions and feelings, and there's a kind of cognitive process that we think of as being logic and thinking. We decide with emotions first, and then we justify it. So people make the decision based on how they feel, but if you don't give them the logical backup, the justifications to move forward, then there's every possibility that that person is going to balk because it creates fear and uncertainty when we make an emotional decision, but then there's not really a good rational justification for it. Once again, I do have two posts for you with more details, copyblogger.fm, you know the drill. And then the final kind of tweak to get much more persuasive with your writing to become sharper as a copywriter is the call to action. And I love this one partly because it's so fast to fix and it can make such a difference. So in terms of the you know, the return on the investment of your time, this is the single, usually the single biggest thing you can do to really make a piece of content work better. 
Headlines are probably more important because if it doesn't get read, it won't get shared, but they take a little longer, whereas this one is like instant. If you want your audience to do something, tell them exactly what to do clearly, simply, and succinctly. So these are so easy. These are so easy to do. Now, a lot of good writers will shy away from them because, you know, it sounds like an infomercial. Um, now, it sounds commercial because when you are paying mega, mega dollars for the spot to run your infomercial, you have to make sales. You know, it's a it's a very much a, a checkbook balance issue. It has to work. And so things like infomercials and direct promotions have very clear calls to action. So the secret is you do not have to be cheesy, but you do have to be direct. So don't hint around and then let your audience, you know, connect the dots and feel moved to take the action. Let people know precisely what you want them to do. And yes, we have a post for that. It's called How to Be a Copywriting Genius, the Brilliantly Sneaky Tip You Must Learn. Uh, that was uh, pulled out from the archives and given a little um, makeover recently. It is in the fairly recent posts on the Copy Blogger blog, but of course I'll give you a link as well. And along the lines of the call to action, I just want to make a quick ask for you if it's relevant to you. If you like this podcast, if you find it valuable and you would like to help us find other listeners to share our ideas with, it really helps us out when you give us a uh, review or a star rating on iTunes. So if you happen to be an iTunes listener and you feel um, that this show is beneficial, it's so helpful to us if you leave us either a star rating or a review. So major big thank you to all of you. So many of you have already done that. It really, really helps. That's it for this week, and I will catch you next time. Thank you so much, and take care. Take care.